You're listening to the Decatur Public Library's Long Overdue Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Pat, Chris, Denise, Dawn, and we're talking this week about September 11th, 2001. I thought with the anniversary coming up on Monday, and then 16 years since the events of September 11th that we wanted to spend a little time just thinking about where we were, what was going on. We've invited some members of the community to share their stories as well. So let's get started. Well, when it happened, I was in high school. So I was still high school age. I was in 10th right. grade. Not you? No. You weren't in high school? No. <laughs> I hadn't graduated maybe a couple of years, I think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I was, in, I was in 10th grade, and it was a fairly early on in the school year, too. Right. Um, I think I was in English class, and I think a principal or somebody came in and told us what had happened. And they said that, you know, something about a plane had hit a building. And so then we turned on the news on the TV in the classroom, and uh, we watched it. And uh, I'm pretty sure we saw like when the first when the first tower fell. I think we might have saw the the second plane hit while we were watching. It was, of course, it was alarming. We had, you know, of course, nobody had any idea what was going on. And you stayed there all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were in school all day. But yet the next day was canceled. No, we were in school the next day too. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought it was the next day businesses closed and schools canceled. But I don't know. Maybe those, I don't know. I, you know, of course it's up to the district, but I know my kids were in school yeah. the next day. Well, yeah. okay. I, don't know if, I don't know who closed, but like I'm pretty sure my parents went to work and everything. And right. It was just business as usual the next day. Sort of. But yeah. No, I just, I always remember the way everybody responded, you know, all the young people in high school. And not, not everybody was was very thoughtful in their responses, and, you know, all the young guys were like, you know, hooping and hollering about going to war and stuff, and having actu- absolutely no idea what they were talking about. And uh, mm-hmm. those are the things I remember the most, is like how, how people reacted, and not very intelligent reactions. What <laughs> <laughs> about you, Denise? I had the day off, and I was just watching TV, and suddenly it was breaking news, and there it was. And I remember watching from when they started reporting on it, really, and just sitting there and watching it, and not really, like really not really comprehending what was going on at first, sure. just sort of. Like, what is this? What's what's happening? What's going on? And I I remember it as it being like really drawn out before anything was really concrete. Like this mm-hmm. was a terrorist attack. Then at first it was just like, was there some kind of malfunction or and then when the mm-hmm. other plane hit it was just like the word terrorist and terrorism seemed like far away right. in my recollection. You know, at first it was just like a big confusing ordeal and no one really knew what was going on and then when it finally became clear it seemed like it like a long time had passed. But maybe that's just my memory of it being just drawn out. That's what I remember too, is that it was it, it was so far out of the realm of possibility of, of what anybody imagined that it really did take and then, then we were trying to fill in the blanks with other possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, electromagnetic field or plane malfunction across the board on several different types of planes. Yeah. And Satellite. Yeah. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. Something interfered with our technology. But yeah, it was just, it seemed like for a long time before it was revealed as a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. I think it's still even difficult to imagine somebody doing that 
with their choice of driving a plane or flying a plane into a building. Right. Well, and the, the concerted effort of all of the people who were involved, mm -hmm. who, who all had a part to play, who was on this plane and that plane, and this was their job and that was their job, and to, to have so intentionally and so in, in such detail planned the whole attack, just almost unfathomable. Um, on September 11, 2001, I was on staff at a church. And I remember that morning I had dropped my kids off at school and arrived at the church and the first person I saw said, oh my goodness, did you hear the news that a plane just hit one of the Twin Towers in New York City? And I said, what? Like, that couldn't have really happened or, you know, something. And the only TV in that, that was available in the church was a small TV that was in the pastor's study and I remember that for most of the day most of the staff spent the day in there watching just watching the news because we were just completely dumbfounded that this could be going on and as as things developed and as we we found out more about what was happening I remember thinking that this was going to change everything about the way we live our lives, everything about the way we respond to this attack. It wasn't like responding to the attack on Pearl Harbor, where, okay, we know who flew those planes in on us, we, it, but this was something completely different. These people weren't a government, they weren't affiliated with a, an identifiable group that owned territory. Um, so to to respond in any military way just would be a whole different thing than what we'd ever experienced before. So I knew it was going to be something different. Um, my husband was out of town in Houston at some training that week. Fortunately, he had driven, so at the end of the week he was able to come home. But um, we didn't have cell phones, so I remember having to call the hotel, wait till late in the evening when I knew he would be home from the training and then dinner and, and then be back in the room so that I could call and talk to him. And on Friday afternoon that week when when he got home, this was a, was it a Tuesday? I believe it I think was. I it was Tuesday. On Friday afternoon when we got home, the first thing we did was go and get cell phones because I didn't want that ever to happen again, that some huge disaster would happen and we wouldn't be able to get in touch with each other. I, I know that people have lived for centuries <laughs> experiencing that, but we don't have to anymore. So I said, okay, we're going to get cell phones and, and we won't be in that situation again. Life is different after that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to think about kids nowadays have not lived without cell phones. So right. Don't know what it's like. right. Well, now you don't even need a TV to get the news. You just pull up the news on your mm -hmm. on your cell phone. That's true. Mm -hmm. So somebody tells you something, and then two seconds later, yeah. you're live streaming it on your phone. <laughs> Verifying it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting because my story was that I was in class at UTA and we were working on a group project and one of the girls in my group mentioned that her friend had sent her a text that the, an, a plane had crashed into a building. So I thought it was just a small um, prop plane or something, I guess is what mm -hmm. I imagined it to be and didn't think a whole lot about it. After, well, I have no idea, 15 minutes or so, she's told us that another plane had crashed into another building. And so then I was like, okay, what's going on? But I, I kept kind of waiting for the instructor to say something and she never said mm -hmm. anything. So I guess, you know, I was not really concerned. But after class, I went and got in my car and um, tried to find something on the radio, which it was on a Spanish station and I wasn't able to understand anything. And so finally found a station, and I don't even think there was really anything playing there 
when I got home, though, it was on, on the TV. And I called my husband, and they were watching it there. They had a TV in his office, and they were watching it. Um, and while I was on the phone with him, the, the second tower fell. Mm. It was just surreal, I guess. The whole day was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thinking about the... Um, the historical perspective of it, you said it's been 16 years. 16 years. So, children who were born at that time, so they're in high school, sophomores. Mm -hmm. Sophomores. In mm -hmm. high school. And this is history to them. They, they, they think of it in some kind of fall before time. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's, it's not concrete to them. Kids who are still trying to put the timeline together of chronology and where things fit and all that, it, it could be the same as the American Civil War or the Revolutionary War or, you know, some other major historical event. Mm -hmm. they, they all sort of telescope or, or combine together and it's all sort of fuzzy back there. Right. So, I think it's hard for them to, to understand the impact that it had for some of us. Um, even though they're still living with the impact on the world and on our culture and our society. Right. With the repercussions of... Exactly. But they don't know a world that was like... The, yeah, they don't know what the world was like before that. Right. I guess to kind of put that historical perspective in there. I guess I, I kind of felt my age when I had been alive long enough to remember a historical event mm. that happened 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody says, oh yeah, well that happened 20 years ago, and it's like, you know, I did never remember. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was Mount St. Helens when it interrupted. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I was about eight when that happened. Okay. So, yeah, that was my big first historical thing that I had remembered. Well, I know you all weren't alive then, but I remember where I was when JFK was shot. I was in first grade, and to, to be able to look back on something that momentous from this many years back, that was four years ago, <laughs> it was the 50th anniversary, right? Yeah. 63, mm -hmm. so okay. 2013 was the 50th anniversary. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but if you can do math, you can figure <laughs> that out. Okay. Um, but for something that momentous in my life to have been that long ago and to, be, to think about, that's, that's pretty amazing. And then for, you know, for kids that September 11th happened 16 years ago and they could think of that all together. I don't know. <laughs> That's, it's, it's very interesting. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. <coughs> no, it really doesn't. In, in so many ways, it seems like it's been forever, but in other ways, it seems like it just happened and we're still reeling from the consequences of it. Chris, you mentioned earlier it's the kind of the impact that, that this event had on you and on kind of your decision-making or your thought yeah. processes for life. Yeah, it was, just, about yeah, it was very formative. Uh, you know, and since we, we already discussed, I was the only one that was still in high school mm -hmm. when, when this happened. And actually, Thanks I'm looking... Thanks for reminding us of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, I remember I was in 11th grade, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. No, I'm not 10th grade. It's been so long. It, it has been a little bit for me. <laughs> it's not, you know, not as long as some people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to say this euphemistically. I keep trying to, you know. It's okay. Get, just, get my, just, just lay it on the line. I'll just continue my Word story. And I was going to say, it sounds like it might have been like half your life. I mean, like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, and actually, technically, that yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't mind saying I'm 32 now, and so that being 16, <laughs> 16 years ago, that's uh, yeah, that's half half a half a lifetime ago for me. Uh, but yes, no, I was, you know, I was in high school, I was still forming my perspectives on things, and, and, uh, and so, you know, I saw the way people responded to the events, and, and how 
quickly everybody wanted to point fingers at the evil of terrorism and you know these people from this other place that were doing these things and how people had no no interest in introspection at all so it's like they could easily see evil done in other people but it completely ignored the you know the injustices that we're used to seeing in like high school and the unkindness that's done to to each other to you know your fellow students your fellow human beings and I just you know it just I just couldn't uh, I, I didn't you know I didn't understand it I didn't like it I wanted you know I wanted people to to use these events as like a, I guess a, a shift in perspective to think like you know because we can't we can't we can't control what people you know on the other side of the world are doing but we can control what we're doing and so um, you know, you might not be able to fight terrorism, but uh, but you can be kind to your your neighbor, your fellow human being, and that makes you know that makes a reverberating difference. Uh, and I think that was pretty prevalent for a while. Uh, I mean, like right mm -hmm. after, I think people were very much into helping each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. There yeah. there definitely was that kind of response immediately following. As long as you weren't of Muslim descent. Right. One of the things I remember very vividly is um, I, I live in Denton, and the not too far outside of Denton, between Denton and Decatur, is a Muslim cemetery. And there was some vandalism that occurred just a few days after that. And I remember being very proud of, of the pastor at the church where I worked. Um, who sought out a conversation with the Imam of the local Muslim congregation and we had a, a prayer service together um, just to pray for our country and for each other and I, I remember that vividly that I, I'm not sure that would have happened before that but I, I think um, being able to look back on that kind of thing and know that you were on the right side of those decisions, not the ones doing the vandalism, but the ones saying, come on, we can hold hands, we can, we can support our country together. Well, and there's bad people in every walk of life. Absolutely, absolutely. Chris, to your point, I, I'm trying to remember, I think it was one of the Roosevelt presidents who said something about, or maybe it was Mark Twain, good grief, um, who said something like, um, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing themselves. And to, to think about how, you know, we want to jump out and, and go and do something to make a difference, and right here is where we need to start to make a difference. Right. So. Well, like, you know, yeah. the, the, the Gandhi quote that everybody likes to say, which, you know, is true, you know, it should be the change you want to see. Exactly. So that's the best, you know, I, th I always feel like that's the best thing a person can, can do. Because um, mm -hmm. we can, you know, it's true in all, in all kinds of scenarios, but uh, it's easy to point and point out evil and wrongdoing in, in others, but it makes a lot bigger difference to, you know, to bring it home, to, to check your, yourself. And, Right. You know, you know what kind of an influence you're having. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that's really interesting, the influence that you mentioned. We have a bigger impact on people than we realize. Yes, we do. So, so it makes me remember that our, our summer reading theme was Build a Better World. And I was really excited, Dawn, when you decided that part of what we would do was collect things for our, our local women's shelter, things for our local animal shelter, things for our um, children's food program through the summer, to, to go beyond just the library in making things better and beyond just those people who walk in our doors, but to be able to make an impact in our community. Right, in the community and, and with our patrons and get out, outside of ourselves, I think. Mm -hmm. What else about September 11th? Well, there are some children's books that we have. Yeah. Um, we've got some fiction books, but they're realistic fiction. 
The I Survived series has uh, I Survived the Attacks of September 11th, 2001 by Laura Tarshish. And the other one is Towers Falling <coughs> by Jewel Parker Rhodes. And the I Survived series is really popular with probably third to fifth grade mm -hmm. kids because it has a lot of historical significance in the events that they discuss in the books. And it's in a written in a manner that is interesting for those children so great and then the towers falling that you mentioned I remember when I cataloged it I looked at it and it's about the the generation we discussed that has uh, that was born after or you know during or after the events had occurred and have no uh, you know have no memory or recollection of that so that's the, the character in that book it uh, is about that that generation and someone from that experiencing it from the perspective of people that do remember it and were there so yeah thank you for that I, because i haven't had a chance to read that one so and there are we do have a few um, adult books as well one of the non-fiction books is called 102 minutes the untold story of the fight to survive inside the twin towers that's by jim dwyer then there's another one um, that's peripheral to September 11th, but it starts, it, it came about because of September 11th. It's called Left of Boom, How a Young CIA Case Officer Penetrated the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. That's by Douglas Lau. And um, he was a freshman in college on September 11th, and so then came to write this book through the impact those events had on him at the time. Um, and there are, in addition to that, there are a couple of fiction books for adults as well. Some things to look at. All right, we have some community members who have, who have agreed to share their stories as well. So we'll hear from them. So we have J.D. Clark, Wise County Judge, here with us today, and he's going to be telling us about his experiences during the 9-11 attack. Um, Mr. Clark? Good morning. Uh, so you just want me to kind of jump in about where I was? Yeah, what were you doing on the day when okay. you found out what was going on? So I was I was actually, uh, I was a sophomore in high school, um, over at Chico High School, and I was in a desktop publishing class that morning with, <laughs> with Mrs. Reed, one of my favorite teachers. And uh, since it was a, a computer class, you know, we usually had, whether we were supposed to or not, we usually had internet browsers open right. and going, um, to get online when maybe we were supposed to be doing some more work. Okay. But, uh, and I can't remember exactly which which homepage that we had up, or uh, and I think probably at that time, as I think back, it was probably something like the Yahoo homepage mm -hmm. with Yahoo News that would, you know, they would cycle those headlines through there um, back when that was a popular page to use. And uh, I remember being in that class, and of course I'm sitting with friends, and we're all on computers, and um, you know headlines start coming up, breaking news about a a plane hitting hitting the World Trade Center in New York, and so initially, you know, all very sketchy information, and and what I remember is like a lot of people is is the reaction initially of the news, and of those of us receiving that news was that it had to be some horrible freak accident, mm -hmm. you know, that. Oh, it's, terrible plane accident that crashed into a building and then as, as they're just working to process that news uh, the the next next batch of news comes out that an, another plane has has also hit and it was just of course instantly clear then this isn't some some freak right. accident this is some type of attack and uh you know then that just starts, I remember it consuming everybody in the school, the principal, the teachers, the students, and everybody just trying to figure out what was going on. And, and there was a TV in the library and people trying to understand what was happening and, and keep up with the news. And um, and then as I remember that day as things are coming out and they, they start talking about this group, Al-Qaeda, you know, and I mean, as a sophomore from, from Chico, it's right. something I'm not yeah. familiar with. And I just think... Um, you know, looking back on that, it's it's so 
so crazy now to to remember that we were you know we were we were growing up in a world where we didn't have this this awareness of of the threat of mm-hmm. of terrorism and and of some of these terror groups and now it's just our reality it's our global reality and and something we all deal with every day and uh and and that that terror attack changed so much uh just in in all aspects that now since it's been so so long, so many years yeah. we think of as the norm, like all the airport security, um, that's relatively new, you know. And yeah. and as, as an outcome of that, and the the global conflicts and dynamics and and players that that we see on the world stage now, uh, so much of that has has been affected by um, what came out of that attack for for America as a nation and and where we decided to go foreign policy wise, and then then kids. Um, that were that were little bitty when that happened. That's just been the entire world mm-hmm. they've known, and that that's a whole different frame set and perspective. And uh, and and they don't they don't know a world where the threat of terror is not not a common topic, and right. where you go through all this strict security. And uh, just uh, I think that you know it's it's one of those days that was that was monumental, um, terribly monumental in so many ways, and it just completely reshifted what we know, how we live, um, how, how our leaders govern. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that there is anything about that incident that impacted you personally, like your life, or just a general impact? You know, I, I remember I remember the, the sensation or the thought, the reflection, as all that unfolded over the coming days, that that was, in hindsight, that was the first time that I ever remember uh, feeling vulnerable or unsafe in America. You know, mm. t- typically all the all the conflicts that we talk about that are somewhere else, you right? Know, and yeah, this was here, and uh, that was a really unsettling feeling and uh, and and an awakening of sorts. You know that. Mm-hmm. That, that things can happen here. We typically see them happening somewhere else, but they can happen here at home. And, uh, and you know, it's just something we have to be aware of and realize that we're not immune to to dangers. And, and you know, we, of course, rightfully so view America as a strong nation, um, but a strong nation doesn't mean you're an invincible nation either. Right. And, and so for me, that was a, that was a big moment that, that before, you know, Bad things that happened, mm-hmm. um, attacks that happened. That was that was somewhere else. Yeah, you know, and, yeah it was and they a, came home. Yeah, it was very easy to put a distance between yep. what was going on out there and what was going on here in our country. Yep. And and two, I think what was what was so shocking about that is we also, I mean, as a as a naive sophomore, you know, you would think about that if if someone was going to attack someone, it's going to be you know military folks attacking military right. folks. And that's not what this was, and it was people who just worked in that building and and had left their their house that morning like they always do, and they weren't doing any highly sensitive uh, right. national security job. They were just going going to work in whatever sector they worked in, and and uh, unfortunately, you know, it was shocking at the time, but it, as you know, as the as global terror has continued, we see that more and more that you know they they hit. They hit places where people feel safe or normal, mm-hmm. and um, you know that was, I think, just a really kind of rattling dynamic to that. Yeah. And there's no no traditional battlefield there. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a very impactful day, I think, for yeah, all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. So we have Betty Carson here with us today. She is the chair of the Decatur Public Library Board, volunteer, and longtime library supporter. So, Betty, tell me what you were doing on on the day of September 11th or, you know, how you heard about the attacks. On September the 11th, the day of the attack, I was, had gotten up late. I don't recall the time, whether it was around 8.30 or whatever, and was in my room and had not turned the TV on. And my daughter came running down from the other end of the house and saying, Mother, a plane has run into the World Trade Center. She said, I think somebody must have had a heart attack because I watched it and I couldn't tell. It looked like a small plane. 
So she and I ran down to her room and continued to watch it. And while we were discussing how anybody could possibly run into it, the World Trade Center, unless the person, the pilot, had gotten ill or something, mm-hmm. something had happened. And while we were watching, this passenger plane ran into the World Trade Center. And to say we were shocked or stunned, I don't really know the word. But we watched it and decided this was no accident. This was intentional. Somebody is doing this on purpose. Mm -hmm. And if someone is doing this, who is this? And why are they doing this? And we literally were so stunned that it was almost like shock. Mm -hmm. Because we, our minds were saying, well, is this a foreign power that's attacking us? Is this going to occur in other major cities right away? Um, We didn't know. Of course, it wasn't too long after that that we... And I don't, again, I don't recall the time when we were aware of the uh, plane coming from Pennsylvania, I believe, the one that uh, crashed and killed all the occupants mm-hmm. and some of the bravery on that plane of the, of the people that were on it. And then we heard of the one that uh, hit the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. So it, it was... It was a morning that would change your life forever yeah. in many ways. And about mid-morning, my phone rang, and it was our preacher. I go to the First United Methodist Church in Decatur, and our preacher had had his staff start calling anybody that wanted to come. It was kind of a chain reaction thing. Mm-hmm. I'll call you, and you call somebody. And he had an impromptu church service at noon that day. And um, I went, and uh, my husband, by the way, was out of town, and so he didn't know about this until so he was on the golf course, and it was probably early afternoon before he heard it. And uh, I went, went to the church service, and it was a very somber, serious service, but it was helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, our preacher was a very tuned-in person to what was going on in the world and in our lives, and and it was a very helpful service. Do you feel like what happened on that day impacted you or the world? It impacted me just from a the standpoint of being a citizen mm-hmm. of the United States and what I was afraid was happening to our country. And, oh yes, it had a, it had a permanent impact on my life. And I don't know that I can articulate other than that, but you're always aware now of, I try to be aware of where I am, mm-hmm. uh, people around me, when I get on an airplane, I kind of survey the people around me, and uh, I try not to be so judgmental that I live in fear, mm-hmm. because somebody who doesn't look like me is not necessarily an enemy. That's right. And I have to I have to work at that. I think most of us do, but it still has put a fear that I think will always be with me, and I don't like that, but it, it will be. Mm-hmm. The, um, the way that it's impacted the country is very frightful to me. I don't like where we are now. I don't have any answers, but I think a lot of our, not all, but many of our problems go back to the, to the 9-11 day. Yeah. I do think that our country united after the 9-11 in a way that was good. Mm-hmm. We, we were united as a group of people 
And that was a good thing. I thought the president, who was, I believe, George Bush at the time, I thought he handled it well. And so I'm sure with ev- with everything, there's usually some good that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that was it. All right. Okay, Betty. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. We have Nancy Rosendahl here with us today. And Nancy is a huge library supporter and an active community member. So, Nancy. Yes. <laughs> what do you remember most about September 11th attacks? Well, actually, um, I had just gotten up. Uh, I guess it must have been about a little after 8. And I got a phone call from a friend to tell me to turn the television on that a plane had just run into the uh, uh, Trade Center in in New York City, and I turned the television on, and as I did that, a second plane, the second plane ran into the building. Mm -hmm. Um, As I sit here, I kind of have chills on me thinking about it uh, because you just didn't know what else was going to happen. And I guess shortly after that, a plane went into uh, the Pentagon. Yes. And you just, what what was going to happen now? It was, it was sort of like everything that you thought was supposed to be wasn't. I mean, you never thought about anything so horrific mm-hmm. as this. So I, I remember the images of people running in, in the streets and then as those buildings came down, they didn't all come down at the same time. Right. The planes ran into them. And um, actually, they were not supposed to come down. They were supposed to be impenetrable, I believe. And somehow or another, I guess the planes exploded, people jumping out of the buildings. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were real people. This was not uh, uh, an Oliver Stone movie right. I was watching. Yeah. yeah so. I remember how... It was just so unbelievable. Like when you saw the first plane hit, and it just seemed like it, it had to have been some kind of accident. Yes, you know? and and then of course at the same time, what was going on up in Pennsylvania? Uh, I get I don't I don't know if they ever knew where the third plane was supposed to go. If it was supposed to go to the Capitol building or to the White House, um, those people were real heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew, of course, they knew if they'd stayed and the plane had gone into a building, they would die. But they stopped a horrific thing mm-hmm. from happening. Yes. I guess it was, is it Shanksville, Pennsylvania? I can't, I think there's a monument there now to these people. Yeah, I don't recall the which, which city was exactly. I mean, I just can't imagine what it would have been like to be on that on that plane, and no, they knew that what had happened. I believe mm-hmm. they knew that the other planes had gone in into buildings, into into the t- Twin Towers Trade Center, mm-hmm. and um, they knew this bit. This one was going to go into something, and they had to stop them, mm-hmm. and they did. Do you think that the events of September 11th had an impact on you personally, or just? On the world itself? I think it just, uh, for, for sure, on me. I mean, it, it was just almost like having your safety net. <laughs> like you're a trapeze artist and all of a sudden you don't have a net. Uh, you, I, just, I just never thought about anything like this happening. And, of course, then that raised all kinds of possibilities for all kinds of things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a sporting event and they blow up a a stadium. I mean, you didn't know. Right. Yeah, you didn't know what uh-uh. could possibly happen next. Uh-uh. You yeah. didn't know what they were planning. Uh, you know, you can't underestimate uh, people. Mm-hmm. They tried to attack the Trade Center building before, you right. know. Was it the, like, early 90s? Uh-huh, it was. And... Um, Actually, to tell you the truth, I don't know why they weren't more on the alert about things like this because terrorists had been hijacking planes for quite some time, I think from the 70s. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, these men all bought tickets in cash. They didn't get a round-trip ticket. Uh, you know, they were so many things about it that was suspicious. Mm-hmm. That would definitely raise red flags now. Oh, well, yes, now. Definitely but, the, now. you know, it's sort of like, well, if we only knew, <laughs> yeah, you know, what they were up to. And then, of course, shortly after that, we had the anthrax scare. I think it was just within days. And uh, then it, it was really like a one-two punch, you know. They'd run into the buildings with planes, and now this anthrax um, people died as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Just putting it in envelopes and mailing them out. Uh-huh. They mailed them to congressional members, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they ever found who did it. Uh, I imagine whoever did it is, is, was dead. Um, if it was that lethal, he couldn't go to the post office. He couldn't go to a, a you know, off-site mailbox and mm-hmm. mail it in an in a hazmat suit. Uh, they'd be very suspicious. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure whoever that was is is dead. Yeah. I, I yes, it did change my life. I I don't ever want to get on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I never was crazy about flying before. Yeah, much less now. But just think how it's changed everybody's life as far as going on a flight. I mean, you don't uh, go. Uh, I remember you go. You take somebody to the airport. You go in the in the airport. You you take them uh, to there and you wave goodbye to them. Mm-hmm. And now you set them out on the curb. And, yeah. Uh, there, there's none of that. You you and when Can't you go, go to the gates or anything like no, that. No, no. That used to be the fun part. Or, or go and watch them get off the plane, and look for them. And mm-hmm. um, they have to check you and look for explosives. And you can't take. I mean, it. It's no going to the airport and getting on a plane. It's it's not a simple thing anymore. Certainly changed travel. Yeah. In this in this country, is there anything else you'd like to add? Okay, I'm just glad we're all still here. Yeah, still you know safe. that our country still we still somehow or another have made it through it, and uh, I hope hope we don't have any other horrific event mm-hmm. like 9/11. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. We have Mayor Martin Woodruff with us here today. Um, Mayor Woodruff, what is it that you remember about that day, September 11th? Well, I remember that I got up that morning and I had dressed and I walked into our TV room, kind of a den where we had the TV set up and had it on, hoping to catch some morning news. And, of course, I caught the special about, uh, at that time, the report was that it appeared that an aircraft had flown into one of the World Trade Center towers. Uh, The thinking was, of course, that it was an accident at that point, but all the news uh, stations were covering this, and I was glued to the set watching uh, these uh, very strange events unfold uh, with the reporting going on and then was able to see when the second plane Uh, flew into the second tower, and that got reported, but it was clear to me that that was an intentional act. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember uh, thinking and saying out loud to myself, we are at war. Uh, Having served nine years on active duty with the United States Army, uh, it was clear to me that, uh, that this was an overt act of aggression on someone's part. And the gravity of the whole situation kind of fell on me like a, a ton of bricks there, that uh, obviously things were going to be different from this day forward uh, for us uh, in the United States. I also remember, I mean, that day was, uh, the rest of the day was a little bit of a blur, but I was getting ready and preparing in that week for our annual <clears throat> United Way campaign kickoff event, which we were holding that year at the brand new Decatur Civic Center. 
September of 2001. And it was our first time to hold our kickoff event there, and I was serving as president of the board. And I knew I was going to have to address the crowd uh, on Thursday following this event on Tuesday. So I wasn't really sure how that was going to play out, but mm -hmm. on Thursday when I got to that event, it had already become obvious to me uh, how the, the charitable giving nature of Wise County residents had already come through. We had already seen a huge turnout of support, contributions, uh, money was being collected by just about every agency conceivable throughout the county um, to send to the relief fund in New York. Also, people were volunteering to go to New York to mm -hmm. assist with the, the disaster recovery uh, that was <clears throat> had already started and was well underway uh, two days after the event. But And it was clear to me that th this was a significant uh, response by people in Wise County, Texas to what was essentially an act of war that occurred in New York City, which mm -hmm. was pretty far away from Wise County. But people here were already actively responding, continuously asking, what can we do? What can I do? What can my group do to help uh, respond to this event? And I remembered that I had to stand up there and say, okay, we've got a local Mm -hmm. United Way charity fundraising campaign to get underway uh, now, in addition to this huge need that has now suddenly developed in New York City, hundreds of miles away, uh, to which everyone in Wise County wanted to respond. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind, I was wondering, are we going to be able to make our campaign goal this year, or is this event going to serve to uh, divert uh, the the fun funding that people can give uh, sacrificially to help with local charities needs uh, I did not have to worry as it turned out uh, the response to our campaign that year was greater than it had been in the past mm -hmm. we surpassed our goal as I recall and it, the event in New York City turned out to be a uh, an event that catalyzed people's feeling and really helped to, to mobilize the caring power of a community, which is what United Ways have always been about. Mm -hmm. But that certainly happened in Wise County, Texas in September of 2001 uh, in response to that. And I, the other thing I do remember uh, saying to the crowd that attended the event that day was that, this was an attack on the American way of life. By that point, we, we knew it was a terrorist attack, mm -hmm. and we were pretty sure who was behind it. And the whole idea of, of uh, al-Qaeda's attack on, on us that was carried out that day was to inflict terror, was to bring terror to the shores of the United States. And w their objective would be for us to all respond to the fear that these acts of terror cause and they're intended to bring. And we would all be tempted to close our doors, put up our walls, close our gates, and hunker down in our bunkers and seal out the response to our neighbors and the outside world and the, the generous... American spirit. Uh, it would be to their objective would be for us to close that down. That's what they wanted, and I remember telling uh, everybody that day, we don't need to do that. We've got to be careful and make sure that our response to this is measured and is well thought out, and we don't want to respond the way they want us to respond. Mm -hmm. Instead, we want to keep our shores open. We want to keep our gates open. We want to continue to be the welcoming, generous people that the American folks 
had already become what we had a reputation for around the world, and we do not need to let them win. Because if we, if we shutter ourselves up, then bin Laden and his ilk will be hiding out in their caves in Afghanistan and smiling mm. because they will have won their objective. And we need to do everything we can to make sure that that doesn't happen. I, I do remember saying that. I'm not, not sure if my words that day were, <laughs> were something I want to record necessarily here for everyone. <laughs> I think my choice of words was a little saltier. But uh, that's what we, I, I told everybody, we don't need to let them win. And I hope that the American people can today, 16 years later, still uh, keep that in mind and don't give in to the, the natural response to want to to protect ourselves and do whatever we can to prevent, uh, you know, the next terrorist event from happening. Uh, instead, we need to be asking ourselves, what, what kind of people are we? And we want to continue to be that way and not let the terrorists win. Do you feel like this had an impact on you personally or just the world in general? Well, the impact on, uh, obviously, it, it impacted the world in general. It impacted this country. We're still responding to it uh, here today in our political life. We've still got uh, uh, folks uh, concerned uh, that the events of that day and since, as we've attempted to carry out a, a war on terror, are still driving and motivating us today, uh, causing us to make decisions about how we vote in state and national elections, how we uh, see our neighbors, how we respond to folks who may move into our communities who are different from us. And we still need to learn from that, uh, I think. Um, it, it has certainly affected uh, all of us in the United States and even right down here to Decatur, Texas, uh, and certainly into the North Texas region, as folks who may be different from us, may espouse a different religion, have a different cultural background, etc., we have a temptation now to be wary and to to be unwelcoming and unfriendly, and we got to remind ourselves that that is not who we are, and we don't want to let ourselves and our lives be defined by... Uh, these people who would inflict terror on us in an attempt to get us to change the kind of people that we are. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Coming up, we have next week, September 15th, book reviews and book clubs from Decatur Public Library, Decatur, Texas. After that, our same page book fest. And then September 29th, our episode will be all about Band Books Week and intellectual freedom. Hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening to the Long Overdue Podcast today.